Hey guys, it is Greg, and uh, today I'm talking with Zach and Scott. We're talking about Ephesians 4. We're talking about grace-led intentionality, and uh, we're going to be jumping in a conversation um, all about grace and what action um, that grace has causes you uh, causes in you. What does that do in you? What is that? How does that change a person? So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Uh, please feel free to join and uh, reach out to us. Let's connect. Uh, we love you guys. Hey, Greg and Zach. Hi. <laughs> We've such a such a stuttered start today. Yeah, I think I, I, I Scott. We should we should if we could do a montage of from the confined in place. Just to see, uh, actually, pictures of us just slowly degrading in our soul. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just hey, watch I, your hair over time. That's all. I took a shower today. Wait, no, I didn't. That was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. No, it was yesterday. Hey, Never mind. You can't be really proud of taking a shower today and then realize that you hadn't. That's oh. that's. Yeah, man. that's unfortunate. Yesterday I woke up and I thought it was Sunday, so... Did you? No, not quite. But it's been just about, just about as bad as that. Yeah, the days are all kind of running together at this point. Yeah. Well, I would say that the months are kind of all running together, but at this point, (laughs) the months. Yeah. I love it. That was was that a week ago when I wrote down the date? I I wrote five three twenty twenty, and then Zach, you thought. Oh, you you flipped that around. It's actually three five. Nope. Oh, wrong. You just lost it's two, months. Two, two months. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's real. Guys, what are we uh what are we gonna talk about for Easter this year? <laughs> Dude, when you said that I actually thought, wow. Easter. When is Easter? <laughs> when, when is it? It seems so post- long ago. <laughs> it got postponed, so we're we're just gonna pick it up. We should do a second Easter. Yeah, like, Easter too. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It probably will be in February. It'll probably be next Easter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man, well, we're in a series on Ephesians, and I, I'm not ready yet. I can't do it. We're jumping. <laughs> we're just gonna. We're gonna make it happen. We're jumping into Ephesians four today. And uh, before we were started, Scott was asking the question if his part was too heavy. So I'll let but, you talk about what you no, meant. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, Gary and Noel, um, I they were on the noon Zoom call, which by the way, was just blessed. Oh, life was really, really good there for. Not just for a little bit, but they're that they were so encouraging to me. And one of the things that they said they were talking about is, you know, and Noel is like they're both like the most encouraging people ever. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, oh, Scott, it's been so great to just be digging deeper into Ephesians. And uh, in my moment, like seconds before that, and and maybe they're just lying, and they're pretty good at it, maybe. But um, I thought, you know is what we've been doing, does it have value? Is it doing anything? Is this all this virtual stuff, anything? And then Noel just 
brought me back. (laughs) (laughs) And so if it reminds me that the beauty of, of scripture, the beauty of even Paul's words in Ephesians is not about our presentation, but there's actual beauty in the truth that's represented in, in Ephesians. And, uh, I know that's not what you were going towards, Greg, but that just like really impressed on me. Uh, if anybody would be a, a good filter of the beauty of scripture, it would be our friends, Gary and Noel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's encouraging. Well, the, the thing that I'm, and this is going completely backwards because I'm going to be talking last on, on Sunday, but but I think this is a fascinating concept is to uh, think about when using a point of tension as a mirror to look back at yourself. Um, and so an example, there are lots of examples of this. It's like, so when you, Greg, when you feel uh, tension or whatever it is about the confined in place stuff, I, I'm not pointing, it's not just you, but when when anybody feels that. Okay, I've been vocal about it. <laughs> 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 but um so you can look at any point of tension and you can say all right what am i going to do how am i going to process this how am i going to run this over or how am i going to ignore this but instead of looking at it and trying to figure that out uh, think about how you feel and use that moment that situation as a mirror to look back at yourself and that is is incredibly heavy paul in this chapter as I counted it, and there's, you could actually go more than this, but he gives 20 instructions of things that you, as followers of Christ, as a response to grace, you should be doing these things. Mm. And you guys are going to be building this perspective of what do you do when you're called or told to do something. But instead of having just a simple moment of going, hey, you heard it. Now I'm going to try to convince you to do it. But rather, you, you heard what do you feel? You heard, you're, you're told there's instruction. Use that instruct, this moment of instruction and think about how those instructions make you feel, how they, how they make you respond. And then look, use it as a mirror to look deeply at yourself. And uh, I think that's a really good thing for me. Like in a moment, yesterday, I, I was telling these guys about um, I received and I've been looking doing some research on church reopening plans and like the procedures that what it looks like for a church to reopen and all the procedures that go into it. And I immediately would just, it just, it just really, really discouraged me because <laughs> just because of all the stuff and like, well, wouldn't it be great if this never happened? <laughs> and, um, and so with that all being said, I, this it's not a moment to just go, um, we're going to do all these things or we're not going to do any of these things or that matter, but a moment of what did those feelings expose about me? Hmm. And uh, I had this moment because I was writing that question and then experiencing this all in a short time period. And uh, I had this moment where I had like this painful aha moment of like, I really, and this is like, it's heavy for me to say, I really want ministry. I, I, I still, even though I know it's not true, I feel like ministry is good when it's easy. God's in it when it's easy. So it's never been good for you. Yeah, I know. Thank you. 
this, this was just really i mean it is that like that was really heavy it's like i can very quickly i say it often that god's favor is not tied to things being easy or the doors flying open but all of a sudden i had this moment where when i looked in the mirror of those opening processes i thought well god's not into it he's he's apart we're all failing and uh that was what the mirror exposed and uh that was that's pretty heavy yeah i can feel that too because like uh i mean a little bit in my section as i do the body and talk about like the main thing i'm trying to get at is what is paul trying to communicate here i talk a little bit about because paul says run on the road god had called you god has called you to travel and like in me there's this this part of independence in that of like it's mine my calling my journey my passion my whatever it's about me and what i get and i think it's easy to get to that point where if i think it's uh if it's what god wants me to do it'll be easy like oh it just makes sense oh the doors opened oh this or that like whatever happened oh it must be god making a miracle for me to do it and maybe the reality is the opposite like maybe the easy things are not necessarily things that we're supposed to be doing and maybe uh my calling isn't about me and what i get and what i become and who i am as a person it's a big part of paul's like as you read his writings his letters in the new testament as a whole you get this overarching theme that he's a growing understanding that it's not about him it's about others <laughs> and because you can look at paul's list of things and go you know what those things aren't that big a deal for me and you know sure. i'm gonna do whatever and uh i think paul is opening this window is going yeah you just said it it's it isn't actually all about you even though you think it is yeah yeah i think because in that though there's like uh the grace that we receive from god to walk through the thing that is not easy you know for me if god's called me to something hard he doesn't say he's going to do it for me but um i know i wouldn't want to do it if i didn't if i didn't know that god was um like with me in the process helping me showing me giving me giving me grace empowering me and i think it's just such a beautiful picture of our partnership with him that when i'm doing this thing that maybe i feel like he's called me to do and i feel like i'm sucking at it or it's really difficult i can get really weighed down in those moments and um those feelings are real, but I think God is like, there's a reason it's hard. There's a reason that life is difficult right now. There's a reason that you can't do this in your strength. There's a reason that maybe the like exact things you're doing right now don't even lie within your wheelhouse of things you feel like you're gifted at or talented at because I didn't call you to the things that you're good at. I called you to the things I called you to. And actually the, <laughs> the harder it is for you, the more uh, you trust me, things are going to get done. And the more uh, people are going to see that I'm real. 
I mean, we talked about it last week. I'm just amazed that Paul, of all people, was the one to go minister to the Ephesians. He shouldn't have been the guy. He didn't know anything. He couldn't have given them anything, and he did, because I think he walked this process of grace out. Um, that's really, really challenging to me, because when I'm in seasons of, wow, I suck at this, I'm not good at it, I don't want to be doing it, I, I don't feel like I immediately run to go and trust God. I'm just like, God, that's, that's it. Hands up. I'm, I'm out. And... I, I don't, I don't think the, the, the church at Ephesus, when they were reading this letter ever, ever, ever forgot that Paul was writing this from prison and I forget it instantly. Sure. Well, he wrote, seems to remind them often, even in this chapter, he says something about it. I don't remember exactly what he said. Maybe they did always forget it, but that's, but that's a really powerful perspective. Again, to um, Paul wasn't perfect, and not to idolize Paul, but to have resolve, uh, to receive instructions. So if Paul is sharing these things, um, I think he's also hearing these things. And maybe I've done many times where like the pep talk I'm giving to somebody else is the pep talk I actually need to hear. <laughs> and... And in that moment, again, Paul's giving all these instructions. And um, for him, what, what was the, the mirroring back? What, what did these things make him feel? And I think that, you know, chapters uh, to the end of this book really kind of exposes deeper into that where he was at. And uh, yeah, his time think in prison was all in. Yeah. I mean, that's how he starts it off. He reminds them that he's in prison. And then he's like, because I'm in prison, then these things are now your responsibility to run the road that God has called you to. So it's like, I did my part. And this is a reminder that you guys have responsibility in this too. He says not to sit on your hands. Don't get distracted on another path that goes nowhere, but find the path that you're supposed to be on yeah it's a good call um i think that i mean we look at this big list of things scott that you'll kind of open up more but uh i just really thought through the concept you know what would what would this letter be like if this was the only chapter that paul wrote to the ephesians or if we were reading and this is all we had was chapter four you know we get in and all right, here's this really short letter, and it's basically just a to-do list of how to be a Christian. And uh, but think about this. This is, I mean, I, not to not to interrupt, but to interrupt in this is that yeah. I have thought many times, and I've heard this from other people, is that like, you know what the, the answer is? It's just tell me what I'm supposed to do. That yeah. and while we perceive that to being easier, it doesn't work. No. No, because it's, yeah, literally, okay, here's your to-do list. Go do them. And then you'll actually find it's impossible. You can't, you can't, you can't, you literally, like the most willpowered people could not completely fulfill this list that Paul gives to the Ephesians on how to live a Christ-centered, Christ-following life. Uh, I could be, I could be overstating it. Maybe there's somebody out there that can do it, but at least not long-term, no way. Uh, really points backward that this isn't just chapter four chapters one through three are important and i'm not into sports 
at all. I mean, you guys know that. I'm not – I don't talk about sports. But this You're feels – you just kick the touchdown. You got the two-pointer goal, and then the Super Bowl, Cubs win it. Um, chapters four through six we're getting into feels kind of like the second half of a football game. You can kind of see the lay of the field, what the score is at. You can see clearly where things need to be changed and adjustments need to be made. And this kind of summed up for me was like, okay, look at Paul telling them, look at all of these things that God says that you are. Don't forget these, this first part of my letter was me telling you all the things that you are in God. Don't forget it. Are you sure you got it? You don't, are you sure? Okay. Now with that remembrance, let's really get into the practical stuff. And I think about the be humble and gentle. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Stop telling lies. Give generously to those in need. Be kind to each other. Again, these can feel just like my to-do list for today. And I think Paul would argue that uh, all of it comes from remember chapters one through three. Remember the first part of my letter. Don't don't forget that stuff. And yeah, I, I wrote a whole bunch of things that I'm not gonna. It's not my spot. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't make my cut. But I when I looked at Paul's list of things, um, like if I go through them one at a time, I go. I don't accidentally do that one. I don't accidentally do that one. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like the intentionality of being a, like Greg, as you talk about living in community and relationship with others, where it's not all about me, that is living to strive to be pure, holy, loving, selfless. Uh, and I would be the first to admit, I, I want to be a better person, but I, I am definitely not somebody who does any of these things just on accident. Yeah. I think Paul, he's giving, I think it's an incomplete list. I think these is a list of things that uh, people of the day could have related to um, or maybe had better understanding of. Um, I think he, I think he's giving a list as just a practical example because he gives a list and then he again talks about grace once again, like it's, literally paul can you talk about something else and no i know <laughs> annoying uh <clears throat> but he gives this list he talks about grace and uh it almost feels like paul is saying like what actions have are you doing what things have changed in you because you've heard this grace message over and over again um like it it can't just be i feel it it's great. I get this thing called grace, but what, what, what's been the outcome? And so I feel like his list is just like the start of a list that we can make. And that's part of the thing I want to do on Sunday is ask a question along the lines of like, what are your things? What are your bullet points that you can add to this list that you've been empowered to because of grace? What are the things that you've stopped doing? What are the things that you've started doing? Uh, because grace has empowered you as a person. Hmm. And that com comes back to where I'm ending it is that when you, people probably can, if they have a moment of honesty, can answer some of those things, but then you look at them and they look back at you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that moment when you go, ah, oh, uh, you know, random example, you know, like 
that person, I, grace has empowered me to, to love people that I think are pretty hard to love. Hmm. And that stares you back in the face. And all of a sudden, the, again, the reflection, you, what are you going to do? Well, fortunately, it's covered by grace. But what are you going to do? And that reflection back can say, hmm, maybe you need to uh, understand how you're loved. Yeah. Oh, the, I see that my hair out of place is that I don't actually understand grace or I don't actually understand God's love or I don't really understand why this isn't just about me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a squeaky wheel on it till I die. But man, the, the days that I understand God's grace for me are the days where I have so much grace for someone else. Yeah. The days where I forget it. Those are the days where, surprise, I have a really hard time you know, extending it to someone else. And so that's not to say. But once you also say extending it to yourself. Oh yeah, no, it starts with us. And and that's not to say that it's all about us, but we, the, again, the internal leads to the external, the root system of a plant leads to the healthy growth of a plant. For me, the internal realization of God's grace leads me to life that is grace filled, grace motivated. Otherwise, yeah, this list is just these instructions that are unclear, that I don't know why they're in place. Remembering. Not even that. It's just like, even if you say, yeah, they're clear and I know that I should do them, but not a chance. Yeah. yeah. These are impossible. There's no, there's no way I can actually do them. No. Yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. Well, the problem is, is that it is actually, it's, I wish it was rocket science so that you did the formula and then all of a sudden you go, oh, I never got it until right now. But unfortunately, the elements, while the elements are incredibly complex, the simplicity of it is, is that, um, hey, don't forget, God loves you. Hey, don't forget, even though he loves you, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy or perfect. I'm, I'm sitting here in jail. Uh, I, there's a global pandemic. People are suffering. Yeah. And, but grace exists. What are you going to do because of that grace? Just curious. <laughs> Just to respond. What's your response? What's your response to grace? Hey, here's some ideas that are part of my world. What, are, what about you? How is your response to this reality that Jesus is into you? Yeah. And I feel like it's a, I, I like the, the, example Zach gave of the days I remember the grace I've been given it's easy for me to be graceful to others and the days that I don't it's harder because the reality is is that it's a this is a daily truth a daily experience even moment by moment um I could I could it'd be good for me to remember the grace I've been given a little bit more often especially on a day like today where I've been frustrated all day it's yeah Greg I think it would be great Perspective for me is huge. It, you know, it, grace is a crazy thing that on a day where things are going actually pretty just fine for me, if I don't understand God's grace, I can really wreck people. Or at least I can do things that would be very um, not grace filled. And then on a day where my situations are just garbage, but I can understand God's grace, it, life really is not supposed to be, I don't think, based on my situations, but on where am I with God right now? Do I understand his grace? If so, I think it affects every single situation and moment that I'm in. 
Yeah. But I mean, I joke about that towards you, Greg, but this part of this process is that this has to be self-actualized, self-chosen, self-processed, and not just once. Yeah, not just once. Yeah. Because yeah. unfortunately, so many parts of faith are the not just once things. <laughs> it, it, you know, we're, we're pastors, and it's so easy to have a moment as a pastor where you go, you know, if, if only I could communicate this well, then people would really get it. Yeah, and it's maybe we're a part of the door opening, but hopefully we can. The thing that'll really add value is the moment when the church at Ephesus, Paul himself, had this moment where you go, uh, "Okay, conversion is real, but now what am I going to do?" Hmm. Yeah, this conversation might not fit, so just tell me. We can skip past it. But I would. It would be so interesting to have the conversation of if faith and relationship with God is so much about process and so little of it is a one-time experience, why are so many of the things that the modern church celebrates the one-time experiences like baptism, salvation, these things that happen once, why is so much emphasis put on that? Um, yeah. Why, why do we, why do we celebrate communion once a month and not get baptized once a month? Yeah. I know. I could I could get that. I should be baptized today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what you really need today, Greg, is for me to wash your feet. No, never. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think the cool thing about stuff like that, yeah, we've made it this weird one moment kind of thing. But I think about like a birthday. Every birthday is going to be different and it's just once a year. But it's this reminder of what's already in place. And so salvation and baptism those are really really amazing moments and they should be remembered and so i think instead of just having the the moments having reminder moments you know every time i step into a body of water not to make it super sappy or over spiritual but just to remember even like quickly like i've i've been baptized like i've been brought into god's family and that mm-hmm. baptism links to salvation and you know i can I can think of salvation as like, oh, I said this prayer once. Have I done enough to like be good enough in this? And that's where I'm missing it. When really it's like, man, I'm in it. God's brought me in. I want that to affect everything. It can be like a, because we're in the season of students taking finals. You know, we can see it as like something that we have to cram and just pass once. And life isn't like that at all. And faith for sure isn't, you know, when you're, when you have, you cram to memorize things for a a test and it's all gone in two minutes. That's not how a, like a job works. (laughs) And the same thing with relationship works, (laughs) not how a relationship works. You know, like you don't just cram all these nice things to say nice things. What if you only, what if in the last week before you got married was the only time you intent, were intentional about getting to know your soon-to-be wife or husband or partner? Yeah. yeah well, that, that goes back to whole, all of Paul's list being none of it is accident. At yeah. least yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it this way. The way that we can tend to treat how we invite people to follow Jesus you meet someone who's a stranger and 
you don't know anything about them. Maybe they know something about Jesus, but maybe they know nothing. And in a moment's time, in literally 60 seconds, you share this gospel narrative and then you invite them to respond to it. And they say, yes. I mean, that's like me being handed uh, a bunch of paperwork and introduced to this woman, like, all right, here's your wife. Uh, You guys want to get married right now? Here you go. It's the best thing you could ever do. That's crazy. And I'm not saying that we uh, shouldn't walk with people and invite them to follow Jesus. I think it's amazing. I think that there's a part where we can invite people and in a moment he can work in hearts in ways that we can't as humans, but it's way more than just a prayer. (laughs) Oh man. I just know that if I leave people with just a prayer, I'm not doing them a service of man. Knowing Jesus is far more than meeting him in a moment and immediately saying, sure, I guess I'll do this thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's important that, uh, that we don't read Ephesians just a centimeter deep. It's important that, uh, we don't just encourage and invite others to look at scripture and just to, um, it's, it's easy to quantify faith as like, Hey man, just read this and believe it. Mm-hmm. But you know, here's, this is a week where we're looking at Paul encouraging, he's encouraging faithfulness and transformation, but it's process. And, uh, and we want to be, I mean, I, I need to be walking. I need to be walking process. And, again, as always want to encourage you to dive into relationship with community um love love your neighbor um if if you're looking for a great time great place to to try living out this faith thing to be in the process to uh this is a good time to do it and uh we're more than willing to 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 try help <laughs> and, uh, um i think that's that's the calling of the church is to try help and to to co-help each other in that so we'll try right alongside of you that's i'm committed to try six six feet away no hugging all the way (laughs) (laughs) i did oh yeah anyways see you later guys